Third down and 20. What is going on? Welcome back. Third and 20 Dynasty Podcast, Season 3, Episode 16. My name is Frank Entwistle. We've got Mr. Lunas Amaret back for this Dynasty Dynasty Podcast episode. we got Mr. Hank Man. we got no JT today, unfortunately. He's, I don't know what he's doing. He's driving or something. Uh, he said drive. he was going north. He uh, said he's heading north. <laughs> the north remembers. The north yeah, remembers. Yeah. I just get a text message from him. Yeah, I can't be on tonight. I'm heading north. All he's right, man. The wall. Yeah, he's going to the wall. Um, <laughs> speaking of a wall that just hit my fantasy team, like <laughs> fucking no other, and I imagine a lot of other contenders, Mr. Cooper Cup is out for the foreseeable future. Yeah. It wasn't as bad of an injury as people said. I, I saw that. I mean, it looked horrible, right? Live, it yeah. looked terrible. And he apparently there's no fracture, or if there is, it's only going to be a really small one. But at the same time, with the Rams record, people are speculating that Cooper Cup might just be done for the year, right? Hey, it's a the season's done for them potentially. So he might just get shut down. Obviously, it sucks for the Cooper Cup people, but I think the first thing we should get into, Allen Robinson with no Cooper Cup in the game saw a 34% target share of the offense. Is Allen Robinson someone that people should be looking to buy right now, potentially? I imagine the guy that housed Allen Robinson mm. would probably be looking at, at the, as this as an opportunity to sell with it's how last poorly second. he's been playing. I, I Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's, kind of the the opposite with what you were saying the person who has Allen Robinson should do. I viewed it more as like this season's been a shit show. His value is tanked. Like here now you actually have a chance to like sell him for something. Cause I think that is a legit fear with I mean, I don't know if Cooper Cup's gonna come back. I could say someone uh I have Darren Waller in leagues where the Raiders are kind of in a similar position. They're two and seven, uh Rams three and six. Um Darren Waller's also out for about four weeks, I think, as well as Cooper Cup. I'm not expecting him back this season. I think I think they're just going to rest him for the rest of the year. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the Rams do the same thing. For me, I kind of get more interested in like guys like Van Jefferson, who are uh, possibly a little bit cheaper. And we haven't been able to see a whole ton of him this year. For Allen Robinson, I'm just – I don't know. How much faith do you want to put into the Rams offense? Like, they're 3-6 and six now. I don't see them getting much better this season. At what point does, like, Stafford get shut down at a certain point? Um, he just – got injured i know he's supposed to come back soon but like if they just keep losing uh so i don't know i don't know if i make any moves for people who have cooper cup it sucks though um hopefully he does come back uh in like the four week span because in that point he would be back in time for contenders who have him for the playoffs but it's it's a, a scary situation because i don't know if he's going to come back and be active again what's going on school dynasty how you doing dude yeah, I guess um, I agree that I'd probably be looking more into Van Jefferson simply because of the price. I just think that Van yeah. Jefferson, there's a decent shot. You can only pick him up for a third. And mm -hmm. he's a guy that had, I think it was last year, 900 like 900 yards. yards. Um, it hasn't been the smoothest of starts back from the injury, but he did squeak a touchdown. So if you started him, um, you were able to kind of salvage a, a, any sort of day out of him. And I mean, no one was really great with the John Wolford-led yeah, uh, Rams offense against that Arizona Cardinals defense. But I guess last question is, if you're someone like me who has Cooper Cup, is there anyone potentially that you're targeting to try and replace him at the receiver position? Obviously, you're not going to be able to replace his level of production unless you're going and buying maybe like Devontae Adams 
I was um, thinking more along the lines of DeAndre Hopkins, um, someone like that, an older guy that's still putting up numbers that you can get for, you know, a fairly reasonable price, probably early second, late first, maybe. Um, and he's a guy that's been putting up great numbers since he's come off suspension. So that's yeah. that's someone I would be looking for as a contender to go for, go after right now to replace that Cooper Cup production. Um now, would you sell Cooper Cup? Like, would you try to do like a Cooper Cup for D Hop at plus kind of move, or is Cooper Cup good enough to where it's just like I'm just willing to just buy right so that I have him for next year? Honestly, I th- I'm I'm not selling him, but I I have seen people block him in in leagues that I'm in. I think I, if I'm selling him, I don't know if the D hop trade is the one I'm doing, but I do love the D hop idea for in terms of just making a buy. Um, if you have cup out, because D hop's been going off since he's come back, and because of his age, um, he's automatically his value is going to get hit. Like you're not paying really like a top 15 price for him, but you're going to get top 10, top 12 production mm-hmm. um, for the rest of the season and probably even like next year. Uh, so. That's that I think is a good aspect in that. And if I'm selling Cooper Cup, I don't know. I I don't know if I'm going for what well, depends. Like, what are you getting with DeAndre Hopkins? Is it a first? Probably I a, probably a second. A second. And I'm assuming the person who has DeAndre Hopkins, that second's not going to be super early. Well, but I mean, we can assume we can a, assume there's a variety of guys you can go after here that are going to replace this production. Like I'm not opposed to going even as low as like a Tyler Boyd, who's been putting up good numbers without Jamar Chase. I know Chase is going to be back, but Tyler Boyd's not irrelevant in that offense, even with Chase there. So I think there's a, a multiple ways you can go about, you know, replacing the production that Cooper Cup puts up. Obviously, it's going to be very difficult because he's a guy that pretty much in in any PPR league is going to put up about 20 a week minimum. Um, so that's a big loss, but if you can replace them with 15 points every week for minimal cost, I, I, I do think that's something that could be done not too difficult. To yeah. Um, the so two, what I was thinking was Hollywood trading down the from the problem with Hollywood is that he is a young receiver tied to Kyler Murray that people aren't going to just give up quickly. Um, so he would, that would, I think have to be the right situation where the owner that has Hollywood is, is not not winning right now or you're just willing to you know pay that first plus price depending on where your first is for hollywood just because he is a guy that people are going to value a little high more highly than the the aging veterans and stuff like that someone that could be low-key decent for the playoffs is Cortland sutton because you saw last week yes he's not been efficient and that offense is abysmal to watch but the fact of the matter is, with no Jerry Judy, this dude is probably going to be seeing at least eight targets a game, if not more. We saw him just get, like, what, 11 targets? The no, thing I, is, um, though, with the we're going to get into this later, so I don't want to hit, hit on it too much with the Judy injury, but I don't. that injury reportedly is not as bad as it looked. It looked like it was an Achilles or something like that because he grabbed the back of his, back of his leg down the ankle. Well, let's just get into it now, then. Uh, the one last thing I do want to say with in terms of if you're going to look to buy someone to help uh, with the Cooper Cup injury, the name that I liked a lot, or at least two that come to mind, um, Amari Cooper was the first one. Uh, Deshaun Watson's about to come back week 11. And I think Cooper is going to be one of those guys that towards the later stretch of the season is going to be putting up really good numbers. And right now he's still at, um, where is Amari Cooper? He's still at wide receiver 32. 
um, which isn't cheap by any means. He's like right next to pretty much Jerry Judy in value. Um, the problem someone... with Amari Cooper so is that like, the, it, it, yeah, the pr- time to buy Amari Cooper was about five weeks ago before Deshaun came back. Now Deshaun's practicing and he's going to play. I think the Browns are on bye next week, but the week after. So it, time to buy Amari Cooper was four or five weeks ago when people were like, oh, he this Browns offense is doing nothing with, you know, Brissette What about Mike and, Williams? Mike Williams is wide receiver 38, and he just came back. He did still sign that extension. He's going to be with Herbert. I don't hate yeah. buying Mike Williams. I think the problem I have with Cooper is that is he really going to be more productive than he's been? I mean, the I guy so. is on the season, including bye week, uh, wide receiver 14 on the year. Um, I mean, I, he, there's plenty of weeks where he's gone over 20. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's slightly more consistent, but I, I'm not really sure I see Amari Cooper all of a sudden, like, massively increasing his production with Deshaun Watson. I think what Deshaun Watson helps is everyone not named Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. And that you just get a little bit more sustain out of the offense, right? Where it's well, not hopefully just Kareem like the Hunt looks better. Yeah, because Kareem Hunt's been... Well, yeah, he's Horrible. a guy that I think will improve, right? Because to me, Kareem Hunt, the previous seasons, he was great kind of like in the red zone, especially in the passing game, um, you know, like flaring out in the flat and, and things of that nature. I, I think that that's where Deshaun Watson can can really help out is increasing a guy like his production. But I think in terms of like Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper – I really don't expect a massive difference for an upgrade at quarterback. I feel like we've kind of seen what they've got already. And I just don't want to pay that. That Amari Cooper price and keep trade cut is essentially a first round pick. It's a smidge under. Yeah. And if you're a contender, you're going to have to probably give that little bit of juice, which is that first round pick valuation. I don't want to do that for a guy that's 29 years old. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Get buying Amari Cooper, very dangerous, risky play. Um, even with you know Deshaun coming back, I, not a move I'm I'm really looking to to go for. All right, well, let's get into Jerry Judy now. So you were saying that the Jerry Judy injury is not as bad as as they the reports came. Yeah, so so the MRI came back and. No Achilles damage, no ligament damage, just kind of like day-to-day ankle sprain, typical ankle sprain injury. Um, I would wager he misses this week, and maybe that's it. Um, it looked a lot worse in game. I really thought that yeah. was a season ender because he grabbed the back of his ankle, which is typically the sign of an Achilles injury, which going to end a season. But if Judy's only out a week or two, that I know you were talking about buying Cortland Sutton. That would really turn me off from even looking at Sutton just because if you're looking for a piece to make that playoff push, to make that championship push, and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to go get Cortland Sutton for pretty cheap, I just don't think his stats are going to improve significantly for a long enough span. They might increase for the next two weeks with Sutton uh, with Judy out, but after that and he's back, I just don't don't see the, you know, the numbers there. Um, I guess that also makes, uh, you know, the waiver wire this year has been pretty dog shit, even compared to previous years where 
I always feel like the waiver wire is a little bit overrated, but this year it's been horrible. There's been There's like been nothing. Basically zero guys where it's like, yeah, I picked that guy up off the waiver wire and he James Robinsoned his way into into being a starting level player. So I guess the Kendall Hinton is not gonna be that guy for no. the playoffs. The, the only person I can think of is Deontay Foreman. I think that like yeah. was like there on waivers. But even like, him, he was good. on a lot of teams already. Yeah, because yeah. he was good for the playoff stretch last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's right, the so closest Dallas, one I can think of. Dallas Goddard hurt. I think this is kind of the only injury that it didn't look really that bad. I even think he came back in, but it looks like what he's he going to be out for a couple weeks now, which, which they, surprised me a little bit. They put him on IR, so it's four weeks. So there's a so, that's the actual popular waiver claim I think now is there there's that backup tight end in Philly I forget his name but he's basically rostered in zero leagues that should be a claim that's on your radar with just how good everyone's been for the Eagles. Yeah, I agree. I do think it is going to be tricky where I wouldn't be surprised if you see a couple different guys like they have like two or three like of these backup tight ends and one on their practice squad Tyree Jackson who I think they're going to elevate. Um, it could that could be an interesting one. Yeah, former um, quarterback. Yeah, so I I stay kind of wary where it's like I don't know if there's going to be one to like definitely like cement himself as like the main tight end backup. Uh, I think the main thing that immediately sticks out is I think it helps Devontae Smith. I know Devontae mm-hmm. Smith had a good game last game, but he's kind of had like a little bit of an inconsistent season with like A.J. Brown is consistently getting wide receiver one numbers week to week. Mm-hmm. Devontae on the season as a whole has had a solid year, but it's like some weeks he has 120 yards, two touchdowns, and some weeks he has like two catches for like 30 yards. I think now while Goddard's out, you're going to see both him and Brown producing pretty consistently. So the backup tight ends for the Eagles that I'm reading, the popular waiver claim is Jack Stoll on Yeah, he, he's been the main second guy, yeah. There is, uh, and I think he's actually been playing a little bit kind of just as a blocking tight end in that offense. So if you're yeah, looking at who's just gotten the most snaps, it's him. But you also have Grant Calcaterra that is a backup tight end for the Eagles. And like you were saying, Tyree Jackson on the practice squad, that in terms of all guys that have had at least some showing in the receiving game, it would be Tyree, Tyree Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, that probably has the most upside for the short term. So that is a good shout. Maybe he's on your waiver wire because you know he was a popular claim. What in the beginning of this season or last season? It was the beginning. It was the beginning of last season. It was, was when they traded away Ertz, good, right? Yeah, he was having an insanely good training camp in the summer of twenty one, and then he like tore his Achilles. And they just kind of kept him on their practice squad. And now he's fully healthy. He's been fully healthy this season. And they're elevating him after the injury. So I do think he has more receiving upside than the main second guy. Um, but it, if it's blocked, we'll see how many snaps he gets. Um, but I, I'll, I think I'll he's keep an the eye claim, on him. though. I think he's the claim him. over Jack Stoll. He has more upside than Stoll. I'll say that. I think um, Stoll is the safer one, but I think Tyree Jackson's the more upside one. To be completely honest, I don't think any of these tight ends we're talking about are really gonna make a difference on yeah, any like roster. A huge thing. To be fair, you're just gonna swap them out for whoever you have on the end of your bench, and then come the off season, you're gonna drop them for whatever rookie picks you got. So yeah. honestly, I'm not spending a lot of fab on these guys. I'm not, not even concerned if I don't get one. I just think this is a offense that's gonna be led by running backs in in you know Miles Sanders, and I think. We'll even Gainwell. see Kenneth Gainwell in the slot more, um, as well as Devontae Smith putting up more consistent numbers to go along with the the A.J. Brown just dominance that we've seen this season. 
Um, what about Quez Watkins? Is there any chance that Quez Watkins you can pick up for basically nothing, probably less than a third, like a fourth might get you it done could, in you, a potential flex play? You could get him for less than a fourth. He's going to be, like, he's so boomer bust. Like, we saw, he's like, I don't know, the deep pass kind of guy. I I wouldn't feel great about starting with Quez Watkins any week. I think it's more so I just feel way better about Devontae Smith and uh, some of the other guys. I, I'm sure Quez Watkins will have those random weeks where he gives you a good performance, but he's going to have a couple weeks where he has like 1.2 points. All right, so Matt Ryan is starting again for the yeah. What happened? What happened here? I I honestly was at the Nick game New on coach. Sunday, so like I didn't get to see the start of the one o'clock games. And you want to know what I'm, happened, dude? Jeff Saturday came in. And put his nuts on the fucking table and got a dub. I'm actually really happy for Jeff Saturday because he got dragged through the mud for a couple of days there. Um, everyone hated him, said he was unqualified, and he goes out. Now it's against the Raiders, right, who's another struggling team. But um, the Colts looked good on offense. I mean, they put up 25 points. You, you got some decent production out of Paris Campbell. Jonathan Taylor came back and looked like the Jonathan Taylor from last, last season. Year. Yeah. Um, Matt Ryan was out there running, right? The dude had like yeah. a 50-yard run. He had a 44-yard like, run, yeah. So I guess the question is, Matt Ryan, um, dirt cheap right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyone that has Matt Ryan, even contenders, I imagine, would be looking to sell. So yeah. if you wanted to and you needed a quarterback for a third-round pick, you could pick him up. Is that a complete bait, though? I'm probably not going to be picking up Matt Ryan. But if you desperately needed a quarterback, right, and you're looking at the the likes of a Taylor Heineke for a third or or like a Matt Ryan, like he could be the kind of guy as if, if you're looking for a QB3 for the playoff run potentially and maybe you just have a third to blow. Maybe. Um I, I wouldn't hate it if someone did it. And I think if you're in a position where, like, you need a QB3, I think that's fair. I just, I don't know. Well, I think who's this he last year. with, right? Mariota probably wins. Um, like, who are, who are the other guys I imagine to be around the range? I, like I Heineke, said, Heineke. Goff. Um, Goff, I, I think, think is Goff still a little bit more. More than a third. Yeah. I think Goff, you still might have to give the late second. Um I think it's those guys generally. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like Jeff's out of these offensive identity is just going to be like just running the ball like crazy with Jonathan Taylor. And he said he would, and he did, and it looked great. Where I think there's going to be like a decent amount of Matt Ryan games where he just ends up with like eight points or something. Um, like, I don't know how many he finished with from last Sunday. Uh, if someone knows generally off the top of their head. Um, but I mean, like four of those were from a 40 yard rush, uh, which for Matt Ryan, I mean, if you want to count on that, go ahead. I probably won't. Um, I, I just, I wouldn't hate it though. I, I think for a third 25 pick, points last game, 25, but yeah, I know. Yeah. He had a decent before. I wouldn't hate it if someone did it. I just, I he like, did have a rushing touchdown in 40 yards, which helps. Yeah. You're not going to see that. So no, I don't um, hate it. All right, Eno Benjamin claimed by the Texans. He was released and, and now claimed. Is this any news? Is there any potential here? Any panic on Damian Pierce? Oh, well, he's not going to get a bajillion carries. Or is this just who I, fucking cares? I, I don't think it really affects 
Pierce, I thought it was a weird release by the Cardinals. I think the most notable thing for for me was like we know James Conner gets injured pretty frequently. Um, now there's going to be a new main backup in Arizona for when James Conner is there. Um, so I, I think I think that's the more notable thing. I don't know who's going to be the top guy, if, whether it's Keontae Ingram or someone else uh, after James Conner. But I think that's the most like notable thing from this. Um, I think the most notable thing from this is actually that. James Conner, if you're a contender that wants a running back that will probably be an RB1 for the rest of the way, it is James Conner. The dude had 96% of snaps last game. 96%. Oh, yeah, he's going to play all of it, yeah. Um, Eno Benjamin being released is definitely a testament of we don't like Eno Benjamin, not like, oh, we didn't have space. Like, this team has been looking for a running back. He looked all right at first, but I guess – Recently, he's been shit. I think, you know, James Conner, you can get for definitely less than a first. And you'll probably see similar numbers that we saw in that stretch he had last season because the guy's just going to be playing every fucking snap, it seems like. I just, so I think I just that's don't, my takeaway. I just don't trust James Conner. I, I just, this Cardinals team is very, very hit and miss, especially with Kyler being a little hurt now. I know that he got 96% of the snaps, as you said, but like he's a guy with a very large injury history. If you just keep feeding him and feeding him and feeding him, eventually he's just going to go down. It's just what who he is, and at this point in his career, I, I just don't see him staying healthy for a 96% you know, snap share. It's just not going to happen. I, I do think that we might see... A Keontae Ingram, they might say we don't like Eno Benjamin. We, you know, might as well see what we got in this rookie. Um, I don't think it's really fantasy relevant at this point, but I, I wouldn't be going out personally and buying James Conner. I just, I've been burnt by him one time and <laughs> yeah. don't want to do it again. So I think when he's healthy, he'll have decent number. I just, the health thing is what's like scares me with him. Um, especially if he's going to get that big a workload. So that's why the handcuff was the first thing that like, I thought of uh, whoever's new handcuff would be. But, I mean, I'm with you. Like, when he's healthy, he'll put up numbers for you and help you win games. Um, yeah, I, I just think that you're getting Aaron Jones-level production for, like, half the price. Maybe not half the price, but definitely cheaper because you, you kind of have to give up a first to get the Aaron Jones owner to move. Yeah. You don't have to do that for, for James Conner. Especially if you start, if you trade down into him or you start packaging other things around him, like you can get James Conner for an extremely fair price if you're trying to win a championship. And speaking of another, another news thing that happened that will probably impact this playoff run, Khalil Herbert placed on IR. Um, that Bears backfield was like a complete 50 50 split between David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Now, it's kind of wheels up for David Montgomery. It seems like I had seen people on both the dynasty subreddit and on Twitter saying, this is the opportunity to sell David Montgomery, which I don't disagree with. I just think the problem is, is that the price is still the same as it was a couple weeks ago, even with, with Herbert there. But now you're potentially selling a guy that, they could easily be an RB1. The production he had when he finished RB4 two years ago in half PPR leagues. So curious as to what your guys' thoughts are. are. Are you using this opportunity, even if you're a contender, to sell David Montgomery? Or are you saying, dude, you have to keep him because 
he's an RB1 for a playoff run. I was going to say, I think it depends the position your team's in. Uh, and I'll just make this say, if I'm a contender legitimately going for the championship and I feel like I have a decent shot, it's hard to sell him because he, you're going to get like top 10, top 12 running back production for the rest of the season. Uh, especially with now the Bears offense is high scoring. They scored at least 29 each of the past three weeks against Dallas, uh, Miami, and then Detroit. Uh, it's become like an explosive offense with more scoring opportunities. So it'd be hard to sell. If I was in any position, though, other than like I legitimately think I have a shot of winning the chip, I I'd chop him if I'm not in that position. Like if I was like a meddling playoff team or obviously if I'm rebuilding. The problem I have with even, you know, contenders holding them is that Dynasty is all about value, right? So you always want yeah. to just get the most out of every single player on your roster, get the most value, even if that means selling them. And I think this is the highest David Montgomery will be. I know his value hasn't changed significantly on keep trade cut, but I think if you go to an, uh, even you know another contender, and this might suck, is a guy that it, you know you're trying to win or you're semi trying to win. Um, giving them to that best team in the league or that second best team in the league for a playoff run, you are going to get the best price possible because they know that there's no one else in this backfield. Who are they giving the ball to in this backfield other than David Montgomery? Obviously, Justin Fields is running a whole lot more nowadays, and that's great for the Bears, not so much great for the running backs. But at the same time, this is still the highest you're going to get the value out of David Montgomery. I've fallen victim to the, oh, I'm a contender. I'm going to hold on to Julio Jones, you know, thing before. And I've done it with Adam Thielen. I've done it with a bunch of other guys. I've learned from my mistakes. Just get out when you can. Not not cheap. Not saying just sell them to sell them. But if you get that price that you want and you think is a more than fair value, even slightly overpay because, you know, you don't think he's actually as good as the the full bell cow that we're going to see for the, the remainder of the season. I mean, I just think it's stupid not to. Even if you tear down and you go from David Montgomery and you pick up a guy like Kareem Hunt in a first-round pick that because Kareem Hunt's been so bad the past couple of weeks and people are souring on you know a 27-year-old, 20, 28-year-old running back that hasn't done anything in Cleveland. Like If you get him in a first-round pick, I think that's more than – more than fair and i think you, you really won't lose that much as like with watson coming back and all that and you get a pick this year it really keeps keeps your team moving along i i just struggle to see you getting that price the deal that i was honestly thinking about as someone who has david montgomery is like david montgomery in a second for a first i felt like that was the price that i'd be forced to sell at most of the time which I, I, I'm not really sure that's worth. I think you're right long-term, it, it, it probably is, but I might just be willing to roll the dice on whatever the fuck is going to happen in the offseason and say, like, dude, Dave Montgomery's at, at least a decent running back. Like, why can't he be a, a, a Kareem Hunt where he just he goes into a similar situation where he is now. It's like a 50-50 timeshare, and... Yeah, he's not the sexiest running back, but he's still startable next year. Um, I guess lastly, um, Tristan Ebner is probably someone that's that's owned in leagues. Um, is there any potential for a guy like Tristan Ebner, or is this just going to be a David Montgomery backfield? David Montgomery backfield. Um, I mean, if you had Montgomery and want to pick up Ebner as a handcuff, sure. But like otherwise, I'm not going for him. 
really any league. Because that's the other concern is that maybe David Montgomery's Role stays workload the same. only increase, not necessarily stays the same because he'll definitely be the first option and the primary option. But what if it's just not, oh, he's going to own the backfield as it's kind of being expected that he's going to, right? And Tristan Emder comes in and he's just a little bit more annoying than you'd think, right? He's at, he's at there. 25% of the snaps and you're just like we expected at least 90% of the snaps for Dave Montgomery and now he's only getting 70% of the snaps and you know we expected 20 plus carries but he's only getting 15 um I don't think that'll happen but I was just posing the question because that would that would further Jake's argument and that oh you should use this opportunity to sell him that's now right. because that's a that's a potential thorn that's not being priced in it's not it's not i'm not i do think that's a realistic scenario where he ends up at 75 percent. i do want to say first off i'm not looking to pick up abner leagues i don't think he's good himself is going to be fantasy relevant but i can see what you mean with him just kind of being a pain in the ass to david montgomery owners um it's the tough i think thing, go ahead jake the bigger thing that i think is going to bother montgomery owners is the use of justin fields on the ground we've seen in the past three four weeks go over like 150 yards every week like if you're going to tell me that he's going to have 150 150 yards on the ground and david montgomery is going to have 150 yards on the ground like i just have a hard time i just think dude you're i i feel like we have to see a switch in the defensive philosophy for some of these teams because if I mean, like you the Lions think, just, they've done it he's done it like four weeks in a row i, I don't think people have I, figured out the offense i just yet. have yes. a fundamental dis like disagreement with how the lions and the dolphins tried to stop fields i i don't agree with oh let's only rush five and have guys not completely rush waiting for justin fields to run like Dude, just fucking pass rush him. Just blitz the shit out of him and pass rush him. He's, he's gonna, he's spy gonna, yeah. because the spies don't fucking work. The spies don't say, work on him. Whoever, right? whoever, whoever the spy is, Justin Fields is gonna beat them in open space anyway. We've seen it on each of his large touchdowns. I guess it wasn't like it was a straight run. He's always making someone miss in that first like ten yards pretty easily, and then just goes yeah, off. Yeah, and unless your spy is Fred Warner or T.J. Watt or maybe like Miles Garrett, which. TJ Watt, Miles Garrett. I just still rather have you the rush passers. Justin Fields. Yeah, I was gonna like, say, like, <laughs> like the person you'd want as a QB spot would be like Michael Parsons or something. But like, you want Michael Parsons to fucking just rush the passer, uh, or the passer. So, I think it's. I don't think that Justin Fields running is like a complete detriment to David Montgomery because I do get like it's a bitch with like the rushing yards and him maybe stealing goal line rushing opportunities here and there. But I just think the offense is in scoring position so much more often now with him using his legs. Like I'm it, just I mean, curious to see because if I'm a defensive coordinator, I want to be blitzing Justin Fields at a way above average rate compared to other teams. Um, because like his tendency, it has been to hold on to the ball. So I think that if, if you're able to get that pass rush and you're able to tackle, he's not able to break contain, then you can get them behind the six, which is exactly what you want. And to me, if we're now playing now, we're the offensive coordinator of the bears. That means I want to run some fucking screens. So the, the, or just little short passes and things like just so Justin Fields gets the ball out of his hands. And that could mean 
a potential uptick in passing workload for one of these Bears players in the short game, whether it's we want to run like a little tunnel screen with Mooney or we want to run a wide, uh, a running back screen with Montgomery or something. So to me, that's the little game that I'm playing in my head. Um, but I, that's complete speculation. Let's go on here. Zach Ertz hurt. This is another injury. It looked horrible. It looked like the season, like it looked like Wait, Zach Ertz's career was going to be over. Is um, he not out for the season? I don't believe so. From the reports I've seen, it's he he didn't have the the big bad injury that people expected. And yeah, he might be out for a couple of weeks, but it's not one of the season ending, career ending because Ertz is later into his career sort of ordeals. So I think he does possibly though if he's going to be out for what do they say? Um, is it one of those where it's like a month? Um, Oh, no, no, no. It is It is a season-ending injury. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it well, that's, it's season-ending. No, that's okay, what I thought. I was really like, bugging. Okay. Um, 12 teams, Dynasty Superflex. Would you trade a mid-to-late 23 first for DeAndre Swift? A mid-to-late mid 23 first for DeAndre Swift? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't like what I've seen from Swift. Especially if it's late. Ah, I don't know. Swift is still talented. Think how good he's going to look with Bryce Young. kidding um but no i think i probably would i i would might be if it's like when you're saying mid like if it's like 105 that might be tough but like if we're talking like like 108 i think i pull the trigger on that i don't know yeah i I think the only real crux is like is there a decent chance that that's a top six pick or yeah like if that's five or six i'm probably not yeah 108 if it's a playoff first i'd just rather have deandre swift yeah, if it's and I, this is someone that's not a really huge DeAndre Swift person. To me, yeah. that's—I would much rather have what I believe is like a surefire running back. Which, if you look at the running back landscape right now, it's pretty dreadful to own most of these dudes. DeAndre Swift, I don't think, is one of those players. And you—you're able to just cash in on that late first, which is going to be a good pick, but you—you you assume basically no risk. So I, I would do that. Wait, are you saying buying for the late first or selling for the late first? I buy DeAndre Swift for, for the late first. That's yeah, one, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. that's a playoff team's first. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, but I wouldn't um, sell 105 or 106 for Swift. Because the only reason I would not want to do that is if it's a top sixer and all of a sudden I have an, an opportunity at one of the quarterbacks or like a Bijan. Right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that that's the or maybe like the wide receiver one or two in the class if they end up going really early in the draft. Um, all right, back to Zach Ertz. So okay, so it is a season-ending injury. I guess the report yes. I read was wrong. I need to mute more Twitter doctors. Um, what's, this, what's the dude's name? Uh, the tight end. Oh, uh, Trey McBride. Trey McBride. Yeah. Trey McBride. What do we think is going to happen with Trey McBride? Because. I don't think he will assume the production that Ertz had, which was a lot better than people seem to give him credit for. Like he was a like top five numbers. Yeah, he end. was a top five tight end. Yeah. You plug and play starter. I don't think Trey McBride will be there. No. He's not he's just not ready yet. He was a raw prospect and he's still raw. He needs more time to develop. I do think he'll get more run now, which will be good for his development and long term value, I think, but Right now, I just would rather have DeAndre Hopkins 
Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore in this offense than any tight end. Those are going to be the three guys. But are you buying now? Or is this like you have to buy now because you can have a couple good weeks? The tight end position is pretty dreadful in terms of the good young players. Like you might be able to get in now, and then all of a sudden, a couple weeks from now, he has a couple decent weeks, and he's starting to approach that what Dallas Goddard was a couple years ago. So here's my only thing with that. I actually think it could be beneficial to wait because I think this um, this injury, the number one person who is going to help the most, in my opinion, is Rondell Moore. Um, I think we're going to see start. I obviously expect DeAndre Hopkins to continue to put up wide receiver one numbers, but I think you might see Rondell Moore uh, be even better with Hollywood because here's the thing I'll say about Trey McBride. I still like Trey McBride long-term a lot, and I believe in his talent. It Rookie tight ends, it's tough for them to be productive right away. Um, and I think, if anything, like, there might be like the slightest like disappointment discount if like when this injury happens, Trey McBride comes in and he's not like producing right away, which I think is very realistic for a rookie tight end. Um, to where like, oh, he's not producing with Zach Ertz out. Like I think now he has a little bit of hype towards him where I think if you wait a week or two, it might be cheaper if he unless he goes off. Obviously, if he has a good game, it sucks and it's gonna be more, but I think there's a chance it it uh it lowers a little bit. I don't know. If I have McBride, I am holding. I think he's definitely more of a buy than a sell. I, I, I just. I'm not selling him. No, yeah. I think that now might be just the time where you can get in for a second. And this might be the last time that you can get in for a second before he reaches that mix in paradox where he's not flashy and sexy enough to go for a first. But you also, if you have him on your team, especially with the tight end landscape every year, you don't want to sell for that second. You know, it's just not worth it for having a a potential like low end tight end one with with upside on a good offense. So I I might be looking to buy Trey McBride in, in some leagues right now. That's fair. And even though, yeah, like you're right, there is some hype. I'm gonna have to pay more than he was a couple weeks ago. I I, I dude, I, I'm liking this opportunity he has. I like the I, opportunity. I'm taking the bait, dude. I, I like the opportunity. I'm, I'm seeing the hook. I'm seeing the little tough. piece of meat. And I'm going for a chomp. I'm going, going for, for a, a chomp. chomp. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for a chomp. Okay. We'll see. I'm rooting for him to do well. Um, I have Trey McBride on my original dynasty team as my fourth tight end behind Andrews, Conklin, and Moreau. Um, Looks like you're in a great spot. Yeah, but I think like the, to me that's a firm hold. Like I feel like I've been in that position before where I have a bunch of tight ends and I'm like, you know, I'll just sell one off for value. <laughs> And I've basically regretted it every single time. Just hold those fucking. Would, would you would you sell would you sell Moreau? Well, yeah, but who the hell's buying Moreau? Uh, the Waller owner. The Waller, per- yeah, because he's actually he hasn't been bad. For- I've started Moreau two straight weeks. Okay, let me rephrase my statement. <laughs> I will sell the shitty tight ends, <laughs> the good prospect tight ends. Okay, you're yeah. like, you know no, what? I wouldn't sell McBride either. Like, let's okay. How about this hypothetical scenario? McBride starts doing pretty well, not kind of like what the expectation is right now from the average dynasty player, right? Yeah. He comes in, he starts doing low tight end one numbers, which isn't really great for But it's good for a rookie. It's It's good for a rookie. rookie And all of a sudden, you have an offer on the table for two late seconds, and you're like, dude, sweet, I can turn a second round pick into two late seconds. I, I did the same thing with Goddard's. I drafted a ton of Goddard's, and I was like, fuck yeah, two seconds, I will take that. And now you look years down the line, 
And it's like these same teams, it's like, well, shit, now I need to buy tight end. And, and yeah, and now I have a one of the, like, wait, he's a top five tight end. I think he was like tight end three or four heading into this week Got before it. the injury. Yeah, Goddard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you just look back and you're like, fuck, I had such a good situation at my tight end spot that I just squandered because I wanted to get two seconds. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, and especially he's going to be paired with Kyler. Uh, D-Hop is getting older in the future. It could clear up for him more. I don't hate that. I'm, I, I, I didn't say to sell. I definitely wouldn't sell. Um, but my only thing was if you could wait two weeks to hold. But I might be wrong. Cardinals are like the anti-Ravens for Jake. I want all the pieces. Buy all Cardinals. We got I'm in. I think buy now, Cardinals. I think now is a good I'm time in. to buy low on the Cardinals. They're having a really disappointing year, and they still have a – I don't know how much – I'm buying low on fucking Kyler. I was going to say because Kyler, I think his stock is way too low right now. If, if people are panicking on Kyler um, – Justin, Justin Fields is ahead of Kyler in all these dynasty rankings now. Am I a cra- I still think Ty- Kyler's a top five dynasty quarterback. Yeah. I have him top five or top six, yeah. Um, but that's just my opinion. All right, um, Elijah Mitchell, his first game back, out-touched Christian McCaffrey. Now, that's the clickbait headline. Obviously, that's not going to be the thing, and Christian McCaffrey gets a lot more of those higher-value touches, but the this catches. is something that I had brought up a couple weeks ago that was like, yo, guys, we might want to chill out because we saw – with Shanahan when he had Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman that they both were used. This is more so like going forward, is Elijah Mitchell a flex-worthy play or is this a bait week and you're like, yo, take this opportunity to sell for your second-round pick while you can? There are going to be a lot of weeks where you get spurned, and if you can get a decent second, I think I like it. I I think it has to be a little bit encouraging from where you felt before this weekend, where I think the 49ers are using McCaffrey the right way. If you're going to give up all that investment to get him, you don't want to, like, run him to the ground in, like, a year and a half. Like, you want him to be able to, like, be there on those receiving downs. Like, McCaffrey's the one getting most of the catches, and it's mostly Elijah Mitchell, which is straight-up carries. So I was a little bit more encouraged after Elijah Mitchell's uses. But again, like kind of what I said before, and I guess I was a little bit too low on him before, but I kind of stick with the same sentiment I said. There are going to be a lot of weeks where he's giving you like no catches, 52 yards, which will be like a solid game for him, like in real life. Like if he gets 13 carries for like 56 yards, that's very useful for a 49ers. But in fantasy, like if he's not going to be in on those passing downs, it's kind of tricky. I guess it depends on how high scoring the offense ends up being with them too. I'm higher on him than I was a week ago being in the situation. But in terms of a week-to-week flex play, if like you're a top contender, there will be some weeks where you get spurred by him, I think. I, I mean, for anyone that's not a super contender, like not a top two or three team in your league, you're I have a feeling gonna need to start probably Mitchell, yeah just because heading into the season you thought he was the back Jeff Wilson's the backup that's about it nothing no one else was really there um so like you probably don't have that much running back depth and you might need to play Elijah Mitchell I don't think he'll be a horrible play but I just think he'll be a a touch more touchdown dependent than he was in the past due to those receiving numbers going down from obviously McCaffrey being the better receiver there. So I kind of agree with Lunas. It won't be a great flex play, but it is still a, a play you could do if you needed to. 
Um, I just bought Elijah Mitchell. What did you buy him for? I'm curious. Yeah, I'm interested, yeah. I'm interested what um, his price would be. Um, but I just still like him because he's just still a value, and especially like we know McCaffrey's uh, injury history. He's only getting older by the year. If McCaffrey's out for a week, Elijah Mitchell becomes like a top ten. Yeah, that's player. the interesting part is that it seems like Elijah Mitchell. The, the first thing that I found very interesting was that Jeff Wilson was someone that both Shanahan loved. <laughs> And Mike McDaniels loved, which is why yeah. he traded for him. You see him basically as the starter now in Miami. To me, Shanahan came out and said, we like Elijah Mitchell more than Jeff Wilson. Now, it might have been yeah. because he's on the rookie deal a little bit. But regardless, they chose Elijah Mitchell over Jeff Wilson. Well, I think they chose a draft pick that they could get from the dolphins over either of them. And I bet you McDaniel said, I want Jeff Wilson. And he said, yeah, sure. that could be it. Um, <laughs> but if, if like Luna said, if, if CMC goes down, Elijah Mitchell is He's a, a top RB one high end RB two play any given week. So I can kind of see both sides of the coin. Third round pick in Hines, betting against CMC. Yeah, that's Ooh, a fine price to That's get in a on. great. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking with him like it's like a solid second, not even like a late second. I just like I felt like if I were to offer out Elijah Mitchell for a bunch of second round picks, I'm not sure any of them get accepted. I think that's the problem. I think it's dreaming a little bit I to get know, a second dude. for Mitchell. There, how many years does McCaffrey still have on his contract? Isn't it like three years? Yeah, but you don't give yeah. up all those picks that. To not keep him around, though, right? No, they're planning on no, keeping him around. No, that's what I'm saying. He still has three years left on his deal. I thought. Yeah. No, he does. So, like, so obviously he's going to be there. I just if if you're going to have McCaffrey there for the next three years, Elijah Mitchell's value is out the window. Get what you can. It's out the I, window. It doesn't matter. You might it doesn't able, matter. You might be able to get a contender future second from the McCaffrey owner. Sure, you might, but that's maybe about it. maybe like, I mean maybe you can settle for just Mitchell and a third for a second. Is it worth selling that low? I would look to pick up a guy like Naheem Hines. Like I think that's not a bad idea. You you get a guy that's going to be, you know, a, a not a great flex play, but in a, in in times of need, you can you could play him in the flex, and you pick up a, a third. I, I don't think that's a horrible price. I would like to get a second for him if I could. And if you have to throw a fourth or or, or or a lesser player back, I'm not I'm not opposed to it. Um, but overall, like Elijah Mitchell, I'm trying to get out. I just I was I, I thought I was going to be screwed out of all my Jeff Wilsons, but then he got traded too, so I was turned out great because it looks like he's the starter <laughs> now, like you said. But uh, Elijah Mitchell, whoever's the second back to McCaffrey, is just not going to be consistent enough to be worth much so if you can get a second right now while his value is still high i just think it's a no-brainer just there's no way a sixth round pick is, is gonna out touch mccaffrey every week it's just not happening and like yes he looked good and and you know they look like they could split the backfield pretty evenly i just think as this season winds that winds down and and this Niners team is really making a playoff push. They're just going to say, you know what? The best guy we have on our team is Christian McCaffrey. We're going to give him the ball, and we're going to give him it again. What I we're going to give it again. What I will say with Elijah Mitchell, um, 
even like I understand every point every point Jake made for trading. Uh and I think that all makes sense if you're getting a second. I think if I can't get a second, I'm holding. I'm not selling for the Heinz and a third. I, I think I'm holding unless I can get a second round pick. I don't know. I think Jake has actually convinced me. Because the the other factor that I just thought of is that when you think of the game script in that primetime game of the of the Chargers versus Niners game, Chargers had like no defensive tackles. And the Niners just kind of came out there and ran the ball like what 40 times? They probably had total carries. Yeah. It can't happen every game, right? They, they can't run the ball 40 fucking. I know that they love running the football and they will spam runs. They'll be working, a run first but, team, but yeah, no, it won't be that often. Yeah, I just don't think they're going to be able to have the the ability to just dominate up front. As well as if you look at, I don't want to get too scheme Frank over here, but Go for the, the Chargers scheme that they were running was very similar to what you saw the Dolphins doing a couple years ago under Flores, where they're lining up like six, seven guys up across the line. They have everyone initially rush. And then if and then some guy, guys back up. Yeah, if they, if they see that they're picking up a block, they'll back out. It's just fucking annoying to to have pass blocking against that. And you keep pass blocking, right? The, how do you counter that? We just say, all right, you want to line up one-on-one across the front? Well, fucking run the ball, right? Like, you want to do yeah. this bullshit, we will just pound the ball down your throat. And you have no D tackles. So... It just, yeah, like now the more I'm thinking about it, the more that game script said, yeah, let's run the ball 40 times and win the game that way. Um, all right, last one, um, going to my Steelers. Jalen Warren, this is very surprising because we all knew that Jalen Warren was going to get more touches, right? After a bye week, which is notorious for where those rookie running backs see an increase in workload, Najee Harris struggling, It we all saw that coming. But the way that it went is not how I expected at all because it was Jalen Warren mainly on the passing downs and Najee Harris in the early downs um, where I thought it was going to kind of be the other way around where you're like, okay, we'll use Najee Harris's passing ability and yeah, pass and blocking we and use have Jalen Warren just rotate in as that power back. But it was the complete opposite. Um, he looked Jaylen good. Warren, what do we think? A flex viable level player? He is, if he's on your taxi, are you promoting him? Or is this so why you can't? I'm still holding, but I get more concerns about Najee Harris because if he's going to come in for some of those passing downs, part of the entire appeal to Najee Harris was all the receptions that he's going to get, how he was this ultimate receiving back. If that's <laughs> not going to happen, like even if it's some, but not all of them, that takes a hit on his value. So, yes, I do think that Najee's lack of the passing game takes a major hit to his value, but he's already way down. Um, I do no, think, I, I, th- I just think, now. I think that passing value was partially due to Noodle Arm Roethlisberger. So, um, something it off, yeah. Just being like, here, I, I can't throw that far. Take it. <laughs> like, whatever. But overall, I'm not going out and buying Jalen Warren. I just think he's what they have and he's the best that they have behind Najee right now so he will be getting those third downs for the remainder of the season and I think that's fine if I have him in my taxi I'll probably leave him there unless I'm super desperate for a running back um I'm not going out and buying him because I truly just think that this is going to be the Steelers in the offseason saying okay we'll sign Melvin Gordon to a one-year deal I don't care 
Like just bring in another veteran back, bring in a pass catching back, bring in somebody else that's going to help take the load off, off of Najee here a little bit and let Najee get his 10 to 15 carries a game and, and, and a couple receptions, but not, you know, run him into the ground. So I just think overall Warren's going to look nice for the remainder of the year, maybe, but I don't think he's the Steelers long-term plan here. Uh, I This sucks for Najee because I felt like that was his big strength was that you get him in the passing game, right? Get him one-on-one in the open field. I think the reason why he hasn't been using the passing game is simply because He's been shit when he's in the open. I was going to say, he can't make any of the defensive backs miss. And Jake, to Um, your point about bringing another back in to kind of help not run Najee into the ground, but that's what we were talking about when me and Frank were like, you'd want it to be the back that's in on those first and second down rushes to take some of those away from Najee. You don't want it to be a guy coming again on those third down. I don't think we have the fucking capital to bring, like, you can just, you can you can sign like a cheap back at like yeah, maybe like a a really cheap guy, but. Even like if you, you bring in like a guy like Gus team, Edwards or, like or Latavius Murray, or yeah, Latavius maybe like Mur- Gus Edwards might work if if we can pay him dirt cheap. But this team has Those so many holes that need to be filled outside of the running back spot that I just foresee this being like, okay, we've got two guys that are at least all right that we're willing to roll with, and like, yeah, maybe we bring in a random ass third guy or. Maybe we bring in a couple UDFAs to fight in in camp. I really don't see any investment at the running back position. So like, they shouldn't. You know, even though the panic on Najee's gotten crazy, it's not like you can't play him. You can play Najee, and he's going to get some work. I have a legitimate question. Um, after next season going forward, to so forget the rest of this season. So say someone's coming to you uh, with this trade offer, like this upcoming August, let's just assume the roster construction is generally the same. The running back room's the same. How much more J.K. Dobbins would you need to get Najee Harris? Not a lot. Not, maybe no, not more? Maybe no, not. I was going to say maybe. No, I asked that question to set the precedent. It's like J.K. Dobbins at equal or if not more value than Najee at this He's point. He's probably worth around the same. I, yeah, at least the thing with J.K. Dobbins is there's an excuse. The right? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, there's a plausible Lamar. reason why he hasn't been producing. Najee Harris is just okay. He's been shit. Like <laughs> he's been yeah. bad. That that's that's the reason. Um. So right now, Najee's at forty two hundred, and Dobbins is at thirty, close to thirty seven, a little under. Okay. So, so like the difference is um right now the difference is equivalent to a twenty three late third, twenty four mid third, or Odell Beckham, Van Jefferson, MVS, not a whole lot. Yeah. So and honestly, I think once people see Dobbins on the field and just healthy for more than a game or two, whatever he played before. Him. He's going to pass them just because Najee's done absolutely nothing. He's been a mediocre to sub-mediocre back this year. It's weird to see. Yeah, I'm just wondering if he can be a, a Jacobs-type player where he's he had his back. struggles, he's had his up and downs, but we see him bounce back because when it's all said and done, I do think that Najee Harris is just better than Trent Richardson. I think I he is. Think I think he's still a talented comp. running back. I don't. I don't think Richardson's the comp. And last week, Najee was good. He wasn't amazing, but that was no, easily was the best we've seen him. So may we see the fire lit under him? Like, I don't want to completely give up on Najee Harris, 
But at the same time, I'm not spending a first round pick on him right now. I'm not doing it. No. Um, I think it's hard to sell him. Yeah, I. You kind of have to hold him. You kind of have to hold him. But this this is just going to be the blemish on his resume that's going to keep him from ever being a highly like top ten type of running back unless he has crazy production. So yeah, all right. Um, Bader great. Bader great. I love this. Segment. So this is a Luna segment right here. Yeah, it is. Carderis Tony My goes guy. out there. I mean, played phenomenally. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster gets hurt, um, and Carderis Tony stepped up, and he stepped up big time. The dude had, like, what, 20 fantasy points last week? Um, Juju's going to be out at least a week, if not more. That was a Probably really, that really was tough concussion. Yeah. Um, so I would not be surprised, especially after the whole, like, two I was going to say, how, how long was Tua gonna... out? Like, three weeks? Yeah, I he think that you got to hold weeks. him out. He missed so two he weeks missed... a bye, right? No, just oh, two no, weeks. just two weeks. Okay, so let's say two weeks for Juju. So I'll get, I'll throw it to you, Lunas. Bait or great? I think he's pretty fucking good. I, I I've been, <laughs> I've been saying it. For okay, now pretty years. good. Or would you throw a random first at him? You're a contender. Not I've a random, my, not a random one. Are we talking? Okay, so I'm a contender. I know this is going to be a late first. Listen, you have a good you think you have a good team. You don't want to give up your 23 or 24 because those are hype draft classes right now. Yeah. And you've got your 25 available. Are yeah. are you willing to just say, yes, I love Carderas Tony. I think he's gonna be a help. I will throw that 25, which it's two years down the line. It's, it's two gonna years be random. Down the line. No I know it's what. tough. Because I was gonna say I'd give up 110 through 112 in the 23 class. Oh, really? Ooh, okay, so if no you're a contender, way. you do it for a 23 or uh, one ten, I kind of feel a few about, but one eleven, one twelve for sure. Um, I oh, the oh, dude, we're a pro dog podcast. Sparky or whatever the fuck its name is, pissed off that take. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a Tony, but no, I mean, I think this is the perfect landing spot for him. He's literally like the the one you could only dream of. Uh, he's only been there for a little bit. Uh, I, I, I love think, your dog. Your dog's about the draft picks. Yeah, that's like exactly it. what I want to hear. Throw the picks. <laughs> um, but no, and I think this receiving core is wide open. And if there's any coach I trust in the league to take advantage of this talent, it's Andy Reid. I think they're going to put him in positions to. Because the thing with Tony, which has always been, it's like he's just can't. He just wasn't ever on the field. When he's been on the field, he's looked good on, on the NFL level. So if he can stay healthy, and health is can, my only concern with Tony. If he can stay healthy, I think he can be pretty good, and he's still super young. It's, it's only his second season. Um, the thing I wanted to get your guys' take on um, was – and by the way, I've sent out offers in a couple leagues. I know I said I'd give up 111, 112. I don't know if his value has reflected that around the whole marketplace. I know I'm one of the people higher on him. I've oh, tried yeah. sending out seconds and thirds for him in uh, a few of my leagues uh, to try to get him before like it gets – like too much. I'm waiting before he gets like an eight catch game or a seven catch game. The first thing I thought of though, because they're kind of similar style players, and I want both of your takes on this. Tony came in in like a week and he's already kind of being utilized in the offense different ways. Sky Moore is supposed to kind of be like a shifty receiver to good route runner. And I'm we're still waiting. Like I I'm not I'm not calling Sky Moore a bust or anything or telling him like, oh, get off the boat while you can, but it's like 
yeah, I would have I would have liked to see at this point, like seeing how Tony just stepped in and like was being utilized, like I'm still waiting on Sky Moore. Sky Moore is a tricky one. I mean, obviously coming from a small school, FCS school, um not seeing the field a whole lot, mostly being used on special teams and stuff like that. Like what you really saw with Tony is what you wanted to see with Sky Moore in that offense. It it was exactly what you wanted to see. And the fact that the, the Chiefs were willing to give up a third and a sixth, I think they gave up for Tony, yeah. which is pretty significant draft so I capital. Teams, I know yeah, the guy was, yeah, it's pretty significant draft capital. I was really expecting like to get it as a Giants fan, just like here's a six round pick by itself. We don't want them kind of deal. Yeah. And we got a third and third and a six out of it. I was very happy with that. But at the same time, I'm kind of with Lunas in the terms of, I think Tony might be a, a real player here. I'm not willing to give up a first round pick out off one game. I, I do want to see a little more before I'm saying he's in that first round pick territory. But at the same time, you know, MVS and Juju got hurt. I understand that. But those guys, Juju was playing well. MVS isn't he's nothing. Isn't that special. He's not that special. Sky Moore has been not used. They went out and paid to get Kadarius Tony, and now they're using him all over the field. Just how we've seen, I, I hate to say it, just how we saw them use Tyreek Hill. Obviously, he's not. I'm not calling him Tyreek Hill. Don't, don't say that. But, yeah. but he's the same type of smaller shifty wide receiver wide receiver that they just want to get the ball on quick routes and and just use you know take some pressure off Mahomes here and I do think that he's a guy that especially if he can build up some some chemistry with Mahomes with Juju and MBS expected to miss some time he's the number one receiver in this offense right now Obviously, it's Travis Kelsey is the number one, you know, receiving threat. But as in terms of wide receivers, he's the number one wide receiver right now, and that's just something that uh, you want to see. And I think he's going to get the targets, and I think it will carry over. Juju's a free agent at the end of the year. I think he's played enough, uh, well enough to get a big contract, and the Chiefs can't pay him, so I think he's gone. MVS, as we said, is nothing special. So unless they go out and spend more high capital in the draft where they've already used a second, third, and a sixth between the two of Tony and Sky, and, Moore. And Sky Moore. I just I can't see them investing more into that wide receiver room right now, and they don't have the cap space when they have to pay Mahomes $50 million a year. So I just think Tony is in a really good spot, and they clearly targeted him at the deadline and clearly paid up for him, which, again, yeah. I don't think any other team was even coming close. So they clearly wanted him. They went so. out... They got their guy, and now he's starting to play like their guy. So I've, I've got a couple takes because Linus brought in Sky Moore. Um, I'm going to start off with Tony, who the segment's about. Okay. As of right now, kind of like what Jake is saying, after one game, I'll just take a first-round pick if I can get him. I only have Tony in like one or two leagues. Um, I haven't been offered that. I don't think I would get it, but if I was offered any first-round pick, I would take it. With that being said... I wouldn't be surprised if Tony gets to that valuation because when you look at the Chiefs offense fully healthy, you have Valdez Scantling as just, you know, that deep threat, right? Take the top off the defense type of receiver. And a similar kind of a thing with both Tony and um Michael Hardman, right? 
But so I think Tony more great than bait, but as of right now, it's a bait. I'm not going to buy right now. I think right now is not the time to to buy at all. Like I would like. Or it might be before it's too late. Yeah, but the thing is, I would rather buy for the first when I know that he's going to be fucking really good, right? Yes, I would I would rather, like, buy at what DJ Moore's price was, right? Shell out a random a, a random contender first and a second-round pick, and I know I get a guy that could be a top-20 receiver no, rather than shell out essentially equivalent value to a first, even though I might not be giving up my first, for the chance of that happening. Yeah. Um... With, with Sky Moore really quickly, yeah, go ahead. I think the plan with Sky Moore is pretty simple. He's Juju replacement. The, 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 he, when you, when Tony you exact, was the Juju replacement. No, I game. think Tony, Tony, I don't think is the Juju replacement. Tony is a playmaker. Tony okay. is, we need a fucking playmaker because MBS is unreliable. Juju is not the playmaker he was for the Steelers that second season, even though he's good. He's all right, yeah, yeah. If you like, we can't just have our entire offense run through Travis Kelsey and Mahomes just being insane. Like, we need to help him out. That that that's what the Tony move is to me. Sky Moore, I, I agree with Jake said. Juju's probably played himself out of out of a staying in Kansas City because he'll get a good contract unless he just wants to take another like, oh, I get paid nothing contract. Um, and that's where Sky Moore comes in. They do the same things. They do the same things. Maybe Sky is a little bit worse than Juju, but I, I think that that's the plan right now is that Juju leaves, Sky replaces that role. Uh, and I think that's the ideal scenario for him. We'll see. I just, again, I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm out on Sky. I just said it was concerning, like a little bit of a red flag. Uh, I still like Sky more. I drafted him in the first round uh, in one of the third and 20 leagues. Uh, I loved him coming out of college. Um, I still believe in him. I just, it was something Wait, that was like kind of disappointing. Are you selling Sky Moore for a second round pick? If you got offered him, just a random 23 second, probably late? If it's late, probably not. 207, 208. Are you selling for that? I can't. That's why I'm, you can't buy Sky Moore right now. Is that if you're not selling for 207, then you're, that's not enough of a discount for me to buy in right now. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but And by the way, I do want to preface with me saying uh, Tony was first off pick to anyone who hasn't been a long-time viewer. I'm not saying this all for the one game. I've been known on this podcast. I've been high on him since college. Um, and I thought he was going to be a good NFL player for years. Uh, so that's part of it. I'm not just, I know it's just one game and he had like 20 couple catches. I'm just excited for him what he's going to do in this offense. So it just seems like Tony's in a little bit of a mixing paradox where if you have, he is a little you kind of have mixing to get paradox. the first. That, that's why I've been sending, I've been sending, uh, and I don't think in our league, just because in our league, I'm so limited on draft picks, but like in my Temple Dynasty and another one that I'm in, I've been sending offers for him, trying to see if I could buy him for just below the first. Even though if it came down to it, I would give up so like the, 112. The, the trades that I was thinking, the ways that I would try to get into Tony is basically one of three ways. First is just selling that veteran producer right now, if you can, because yeah. this is a very big if, right? So this includes the likes of George Kittle, which I'm not really sure after the game on primetime where he gets one target or like two targets, you're going to be able to flip. I'm worried Tony. about Kittle. Um. Yeah, that's just a classic Niners game, though, right? Like, you get no, a couple is. of those every year. Yeah. Um, Amari Cooper is another one. 
Um, I mean, like Mike Evans, right? You just take one of these veteran right down. now receivers and you want to get on potentially a really good young player. That is a hard maybe if you can do it. The second way is just the, the trending down young player that just happens to be worth more than Tony, right? I'll give you a list. Najee Harris, who we just talked about, um, worth more than Tony currently on keep trade cut. Traylon Burks, worth more than Tony on keep trade cut. Gabriel Davis, um, Jerry Judy. Like, there's there's a good amount. Now, I don't think a lot of those would get accepted, but it doesn't hurt to offer them out, right? The, the struggling S yeah. type of player that still has value, you could flip it into Tony, who could easily be worth a first-round pick come a couple of weeks. And then... um. I have a quick question for you, too, just for fun. I'm interested. How would you guys rank in terms of who would you rather have right now between Tony, Sky Moore, and Traylon Burks? Traylon's a weird one. I think I I would have Sky Moore third. Picking between Tony and Burks is really hard because I wasn't as high as I could, like JT was on Traylon Burks, but he was still a definite first-round rookie draft pick for me. Like, yeah. it was definite first round pick i thought it was no question he should go in first round of rookie drafts and i just said i'd pay 11 or 12 for tony which is on the back end i would have had her uh burke's last rookie draft around like 107 or something um so that's what makes it tough i think the thing that's weird for Traylon is that earlier in the season he just wasn't playing enough snaps like yeah when weird. he was playing he was getting targets he just wasn't on the field yeah enough. no his, his like targets and yards per snap was like a great rate he just he wasn't on the field a whole ton and then you get into he has that injury that turf toe which is a really really tough tricky injury. injury yeah um and then now you just you you get him back finally it wasn't a great week but it wasn't horrible it's a um, turf toe it, like, it's going to take him a week or two. This season's kind of been a wash for him. But, I mean, the Titans are still in the mix, so hopefully we get to see. Like, it's not like they're going to shut him down or anything. Tannehill's going to be playing the rest of the season. I'm hoping the end of the year he kind of turns it on a bit, and then maybe he has, like, a playoff game showing that, like, boosts his value a ton for next season, like we saw with Gabe Davis last year. Um, I don't know. I it's would hard. easily rather have Tony and Burks over Sky, though right now i think same yeah no it's even it's, though i'm saying that sky's the juju replacement now with juju out we could see sky actually have some production and massively boost his value i have a question if with juju out of sky more is still not really getting on the field at what point do you become concerned with sky more nothing I mean, you're this already season. concerned with sky i mean yeah you're, you're already concerned but i mean like to the point where you're like fuck um i think sky more for me now, if I had Sky Moore, he'd be on my taxi because second yeah, round I pick. I think he should be. And you have to remember, there. If we're just looking at all second round picks in existence, there is a much more likely chance that if he becomes good, it's going to happen next year or in year three than in year one. That's another mm -hmm. factor you have to consider. Yep. So if he was on my taxi, I'll, dude, I'll just let him sit there. Like, what's the point? You can't sell him for just a late second right now, right? um it's hard to no for a late second you can't but t tony versus burks is very interesting i i think you have to take burks for the upside but yeah. i i could understand the the reason why tony gives me a little bit of hesitation is just that because he's currently trending up right now he really doesn't have to do anything crazy 
to now massively increase his value. It's already if he, massively. If he has, if he has like five for sixty-five or five for seventy next week, you're going to see another jump. Um, and because he's on a really heavy passing offense, I just think that there's a pretty decent chance that that happens. Um, like, and this kind of goes back to the whole scheme thing with with the with the Chiefs, right? One of the big reasons why Kelsey is able to eat more than any other tight end is because if you try to double Kelsey, that probably means you're playing one high looks and one-on-one -on, -one on the outside and I things guess, like that. Yeah. Dude, you want to do that against Mahomes? He's that, That's why he has the crazy numbers that he has so far. You you have to go too high against Kansas City. Like, yeah, you, you have, have to. You can't blitz Mahomes because he to fucks you against, against the blitz. City. And if you want to go one high, God forbid he starts doing his Mahomes scramble around, after a couple seconds, it's almost like a guaranteed long touchdown. You're cooked. On top of the fact that they bring in guys like MVS and um Nico Harbin who aren't great, but that's their fucking job. Is if you want to play one-on-one -on -one coverage against them, then we're gonna start doing merchant ass double moves and bullshit. And Mahomes is gonna be doing his stupid, oh, I'm gonna run 50 yards backwards, but I happen to be able to throw the ball hundred yards, so it doesn't <laughs> yeah. fucking matter. Yeah. Right? Like, and exactly. who else is gonna eat? Like Tony. Tony made a living at Florida just doing this underneath crap, getting yak, right? So it's like there's a clear path for Tony having a good amount of success. Yeah, and he had the kind of a similar thing with now with Kelsey back in college with Kyle Pitts. So I just feel like there's a good path for Tony to become overvalued, whereas Traylon Burks, his path to being overvalued is just him becoming like a top five receiver in the league. I was going to say, it, won't, happen, it, it won't be, it won't really be an overvalue for Burks. It'll be, yeah, like, it'll oh, just shit, be like, Oh, well, he's good. He's AJ Brown. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah you guys laugh at me until I, I buy Tony for one twelve and sell him for one Oh six. But I think, I think given the, the profile and everything, I I'd take Burks, but it's, it's a lot closer than I, I would have expected. Yeah. Uh, let's get into um, uh, the this rookie, is an interesting Jake's guy. So you talk about a dude. He looked that impressive. Had a one week wonder glow up, Christian Watson. One week wonder. Oh, oh you, so so I know ahead. your answer. No, I'm okay. I shouldn't have phrased it like that. But I was going to say, <laughs> go and find the week where he had a. Solid oh no! Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. So as of right now, he's a one week wonder. No, he is. Um, I thought you meant one week wonder. Like this is this is going to be the only week. I mean, the thing is, it for me, it's a little tough to now say, oh, Christian Watson's the guy I want when he had four catches, three of them happened to be touchdowns. <laughs> but, Jake, I want to hear from you because you're the one dude that... That's how Julio's, that's how Julio's breakout Watson. game went. Um, Bader, great. Christian Watson. Uh, this one you look good. is really... It's really tough for me. Like, do I think Watson for the remainder of the season has earned Aaron Rodgers' trust? And that's a big thing in this offense. If you earned Aaron Rodgers' trust in terms of he knows he he can go to you in a big time situation, that that's worth a lot. Um, so I think he has gotten that. But in terms of value, I still think he's bait. Rodgers looks finished, if not close to finished. Like. In, and once this, once Rodgers is gone, this team is going full rebuild, and he's going to be stuck in a terrible offense. He's not going anywhere. He's on a rookie deal. 
I just think you might see some short-term uptick, and that's fine. I think his value will continue to grow um, until through the end of the year, and I don't expect Rodgers to retire. So I think through the offseason, he will continue to build value as well. So if you're looking at an investment like that, I think it's 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 great. But if you're trying to buy him with the hopes of him turning into a top five receiver in the league, that's just bait. That is just bait oh, right no, there. Not that, but I mean, like even I, even turning into a top twelve, <laughs> even turning into a wide receiver one, I just don't think that's realistic. Um, I don't for think the, he the needs profile to be, that he is. He doesn't need to be that though. I think I think we've seen rookie drafts. He was drafted around like one eleven to two oh three in a lot of rookie drafts, kind of that end of first round, beginning of second round. You're not you're not expecting a wide receiver one there. You will gladly take someone who ends up being a wide receiver two in their the career. The problem that is that like draft. people in the past few years have gotten very spoiled with the likes of Jalen Waddle going in that I mean Waddle and like Jefferson, T. Higgins. Justin yeah. Jefferson, T. Higgins, AJ Brown, they all went in that range where they go, Oh, I got a really good receiver at the back end of the first, early second. Like and now you're this year you had to take Christian Watson in that spot Sky and it Moore. just doesn't it's, yeah. it's 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 right Christian Watson Sky Moore and it just doesn't it doesn't feel the same I, it's I, not the same so I like I said I, I still think Christian Watson's a good player and the fact like he will probably continue to grow and develop throughout the remainder of the season and into the offseason so his value probably goes up in that sense so if you wanted to hold him for now I don't hate it and sell him in the offseason but like in terms of thinking that he's going to be a reliable fantasy wide receiver two on a championship team, I, I just don't. I don't think that's. that's I think thing. that's bait. I, I think it's the thing, though. I, I don't think his price is that high where you're expecting that outcome. Like I think if he turns out no, to his, be, the, the problem is his price is that high because he what is his had price that right now. Because I was going to say, I think I think from when the people who drafted him last summer, if he ends up being as productive as like. Like when you're drafting him a 111 to 203 in a draft class that you knew wasn't as strong as like the previous year or the year before that, like if he ends up like an Ayuk or Jerry Judy, like he's he currently ranked the same as Rashad Bateman, uh, right, be- right below Pickett, Tony. And so he's Sanders. in that he's in that mix and paradox more early than second, second early than second yeah he's exactly he's at exactly the price you bought him at if you're going with that he's in that late first early second rookie draft value and I just like I I just think I if I could re-roll the dice here I, I might I think I would like let him play out the season let him build the value that I think he's going to build throughout the remainder of the season. Then come rookie draft time, say, hey, I got a young wide receiver that's tied to Aaron Rodgers. I'll give you him. Sure. Give me your 107 and I'll move on. Be very happy. Even so if it's I'll less than 107. Yeah. I'm I'll talking whatever. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, Twas, how many years ago? Hold on, let me do some math here. Um, 2018, four years are you gonna, ago? Are you going to talk about Chase Claypool? No, oh, no. I, um, I thought I thought you were going to compare this game to the Chase Claypool game against Philadelphia. No, but I did make the right choice with Chase Claypool as of right now and sold him. Um, but I did not with this player who was actually my pro comp for Christian Watson in the draft. It was four or five years ago, a young Frank playing Dynasty, you know, trying to win championship, win games, you know. And... um. 
I think I drafted him. I'm not 100% sure, but I think I did. And I had a nice, fast, big, electric receiver. He goes in. He, he wasn't playing for most of the year. And all of a sudden has a huge breakout game, scores like 20 points. It wasn't as many touchdowns, but he has a huge game for the Packers. A guy named Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And I remember going in and I got, I think, two offers that contained a first-round pick in exchange for my Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And I was saying to myself, I don't know, young receiver, just had a great game. Tied to Aaron Rodgers in a great Packers offense. 6-5, fast, has all the tools he can ask for. I'm gonna I'm gonna go great. And guess what? Not like five weeks later, I was kicking myself for not taking the opportunity to get that first round pick. Okay. If I, wanna... I have Christian Watson. I, I don't care if you're getting a first-round pick for him straight up. You can meander yourself into a first-round pick. Same, like, just the same as you could do with fucking Bateman right now. You okay. can go and offer Bateman Plus for that first. I am saying bait on Christian Watson. I compared him to MVS in the in the freaking scouting process. If you remember, the first couple targets of that game, he dropped, like, two or three passes. He, <laughs> like, dropped, like, he dropped two. They were kind of tough. Okay, real quick. What round was MVS drafted in? Uh, who fucking knows? Um, That's the argument: is that he has the draft capital to back Christian it up, Watson but... was an early second round talent. It's not the same type of player. Okay, real quick, I will say, and it sounds like I'm defending Christian Watson, saying, "Great, if he can get a first round pick." I assumed his value wasn't into the first round yet, which seems a little bit short. If you can get a first round pick and you want to take the first round pick, go for it. I'm all for that. I'm pro that move. I'm more so talking about: Are you selling for like that, like two hundred four? type selection are you selling it that that's where i'm saying it becomes tough if you can get a first get a first sure yeah but the thing is it doesn't have to be for the traffic right i can i can sell for dj Moore. i can probably get into dj Moore because the, the person who has dj Moore is probably very grumpy right now um i can get into maybe terry mclaurin because someone's gonna say like oh sweet i can use these couple recent games to sell terry mclaurin dude fine i'll i'll me i'll fucking trade my way into terry mclaurin um maybe I'll, I'll go into zach wilson or or another quarterback from christian watson right maybe i give christian watson and another halfway decent pick and and get dak prescott or or something along the lines of that i just at, at this current value i just like jake said feel like i can get a reroll and i will take my reroll okay if he becomes great whatever i'll watch from the sidelines good for you man but i think more times than not this is going to not be a guy that gets the volume and is consistent enough that, it, that he can end up being even a, a high-end wide receiver too um so i'm selling i'm saying bait if you can get the first go for it um i struggle to sell a 204 or something like that that's my take But dude, like, what if those three catches just aren't touchdowns? What if, I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's you, you, there are so many there there are so many types of those games you could bring up because you brought up the MBS one. Drew Julio, obviously, he's not Julio. Julio Jones' breakout game was a three catch game for 101 yards and two touchdowns. 
when he had done nothing before that. I mean, I just think it's a you know six who, five. To six, like, what's five a more reasonable receiver? comparison? Mark I'm neither. Neither. Julio I, mean, I don't think he's neither. Julio Jones is the top five talent. MVS. The was correct like comparison player. is like Michael Pittman, someone fucking in the middle. Yes. But like, <laughs> yes. But still, at the same time, I'm with Frank. I still think we've. If you seen can get the first, get the first. But. It's just because we've seen this song and dance before with the Packers. They draft, they have all these young wide receivers that are. This all is the earliest they've dra- This is the earliest and... receiver they've drafted since Devontae Adams. Yeah, listen, I'm the one that drafted him at 112. I understand this. <laughs> like, he has the upside, and I'm just willing to re-roll it pretty much for the same exact thing. If I could get 112 for him in this upcoming draft, I'm gonna say thank you very much. I'm risk-free. I'm gonna go take tank bigsby and just say okay that's fair like you said if you if you're getting a first round pick i won't argue with that at all uh this next guy i think is interesting i mean wait we're lastly i I even think for watson i might just like because you're right you're not going to get the first round pick you're you're not going to get it straight up maybe if you you get a guy that really likes watson if you have a green watson in the third or Watson in a second into a first. I think that's much more reasonable. But I'm at the point where I, I might sell for like, okay, if, if you think his value is an early second, well, what if I can get an early second plus? Because it's that second round pick, right? You can use that argument in your leagues where it's like, dude, I'm not going to sell him for a second round pick. Okay, what about two seconds, right? An early second and then a random second. Okay, now we're getting to an offer that I might accept. And I just like whatever that value is on keep trade cut, maybe I hold for another week or two. I, I'm just going to be shopping him right now. I'm going to be heavily shopping him. That's fair. Wow. I think I think it is fair to shop. I, I would see what I can get, see how close I can get to that first round. Because I, I just think that when you look at Christian Watson, a lot of the reason you like him is a little bit bait. You, 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 the first thing you point to, oh, he's 6'5", and he's fast. But then you compare his his technical ability, right? His route running, his hands. Oh, a I'm... lot of the intangibles, what really separates the, the top receivers in the league from the schmucks. I just think he's nowhere near the level of any of the top 24 receivers right now. That's the same reason I sold Claypool. Is that, yeah, I, I think he's a good player. He still has potential. He can still grow. But what's more likely... Claypool, after his rookie season, who was not a very developed player coming out and wasn't very developed when after his rookie year, becoming a top 10 receiver and becoming Megatron or being mid? He doesn't have to be top 10 for me. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I think Claypool is an interesting comparison. Um, <laughs> what was in the comments? Lewis taking the side of Tony and Watson is so on brand. <laughs> uh, it is on brand. Um, what I will say is this, um, what is it? Sheep Lunas in full force. Oh, you would still have Sky. <laughs> I'm just reading these chats. JT, you would have Sky more of a Tony. Yeah. That's why the Chiefs traded for him. Um, Jordan but, Love, AJ well, Dillon, Watson, Dobbs, and Tanya. Nick what was I going to say? Would you, would you, yeah. would you guys rather have Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson right now in Dynasty? I'd personally rather have Watson. I think I still, but... I, I would, I think I would take Watson also. It's closer than I'd like to say, but yeah. it's close. Yeah, Dobbs has been. Impressive. I think Dobbs is the better player. Who would you rather no. have in Dynasty? Okay, D- don't give us this cop out answer. Watson, Dobbs. Who would you rather have in Dynasty? 
I think Dobbs is the better player. It's a, it's a, so you're taking Dobbs in Dynasty over Christian Watson. I think Romeo Dobbs is the better <laughs> receiver. So are you, yes, I would take Dobbs the over. The thing, I think the real question is at cost, <laughs> who would you rather have? No, Watson straight up, straight up. Thing is, the cost isn't that different right it's now. It's not that different. That's straight the problem. up, you have Romeo Dobbs. Someone comes to you and offers you Christian Watson, straight flat player for player trade. Well, see, I the, the, see that's a dumb argument to me because they're not the same price. They are not the same price. I'm asking if you would accept that trade or not. I would not because I could just okay. Turn around, so you wouldn't? No, because here's the thing: I could turn around, sell Christian Watson for more, and then buy Dobbs. No, okay, forget. But I'm just asking you, like, which one would you rather have? Straight up, one against the other. I think Dobbs is the better player. I hate <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah. I'll take Dobbs. I'm not talking about Dobbs. I feel like I'm on like an interview and you're like trying to get that clickbait headline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those interviews trying to get Dobbs the quote. The thing, that, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm just, I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on to the next guy. He's pretty interesting. Yeah, Rashad White. So Rashad White, there were rumblings last week that he would take over, not necessarily take over Lenny in the backfield, but he would see a lot more volume, and that happened. Then Lenny picks up like a back injury or something, and you saw Rashad White really take over the backfield. Big emphasis on the Buccaneers this week for trying to run the football. Rashad White is over 100 yards. Bader I thought he looked good. Here's the thing, though. I thought he looked good, and I think he's going to be a good player. But the, when I went on keep track cut, and I already saw what his price had jumped to, I'm like, I, I can't go that far. I'm going easy bait here. I, I think uh, so a massive I, I say I because uh, I was going to say I wanted to say great until I saw what the reaction was and what his price jumped to. And now I say bait because his price is way higher than I thought it'd be after that game. And so, yeah, I'll take the value on him. He jumped to, like, RB20. He said he jumped ahead of guys, like, uh, I can pull it up, but, like, uh, let me find it. He jumped to RB21, leaving him ahead of running backs. Um, uh, let me pull up the running back list. He's ahead of uh, J.K. Dobbins. He's ahead of Miles Sanders. I can't I can't go that far yet. Um I think that, that he's just a worse Khalil Herbert, if we're being honest. And a large and part of the reason why he was so productive in that game was that we finally saw the Bucks offensive line actually have some dominance up front. Yeah. Um, and Rashad White played well, right? He has that nasty. No, that's what I'm arm. saying. I, I think he he's had good. some good runs. But if you were to ask me was he a product of Rashad White playing well, or was he just happened to be a product of people handing him the football? I think he happened to be a product of volume. And if you're asking me now, from the dynasty perspective, you start looking at that price, dude, if you get that price, I'm easily selling. Because, and same thing with Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert, I loved. Um, I joined leagues just to draft Khalil Herbert in startups. But now you're getting into this range where you can sell them for very early seconds, potentially even late firsts and things, right? Like, no, that's crazy, dude. Compare him to, to the actual running backs that should be de deserving of a first-round pick. And I just think Rashad White is not near that, that type of player. So whether you're selling him for a pick or a receiver, I'm just out on him. 
Uh, yeah, the no, problem, I think that's right. Go ahead, Jake. The problem with Rashad White is that Brady is... He's... Any given second is retiring. And once he goes, this Bucks team is just a distant memory. You're not going to fucking think about them once once Tom Brady's gone, unless they end up with the likes of Bryce Young, which is just never going to happen because they'll be no. too good. Or whoever the next top quarterback is. Derek Carr. I mean, Derek Carr is a possibility, it's, but even then, like... Their, their best bet is to get a quarterback that's already in the NFL. They're not going to get one of the top guys. But go right. For, so, yeah, like, yeah. at that point, that team, that especially that offense, is just going to be mediocre. And they're, what, you're going to have a mediocre running back splitting carries? Like, great. Have fun. <laughs> I'll yeah. get. To, I'll take my first round pick if you're going to give it to me right now. Yeah, no, so, it's a shame. I, I was ready to come on the pod and talk about how I was impressed uh, by him, and then I just before the pod I was looking at like how the values have changed and everything, and naturally uh, the dynasty community just completely drove his value up. And so at this price, he has to be a sub. In no so world I, am I taking. I think him we can all be Dobbins. impressed by his performance because I was as well. I was very low on Rashad White in the draft season, right? I he yeah. was. I had a do not touch grade on him. Yeah, and hey, listen, he played well. He played better than I expected him to. But there's something to be said about a, a backup level running back coming in and playing well versus a guy that I want to invest actual assets in to hold long term. I'm with you. Yeah. Like, let's be real. I think if you put Dante Foreman in that situation, he has the same level Dante of Dante Foreman's had better numbers. <laughs> you know, like, I, I just, yeah. I think that at the end of the day, Rashad White, what is, he needs to show me something that he's above a average level replacement running back type guy. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with and, you. Gus, Gus yeah. Edwards has had these games. So um, if I'm a contender... I'm doing whatever I can to, you know, talk. I, I'm I'm a retooling team. One of these, we're actually going to talk about this later, so I won't go too far into it. But if I can flip basically minimal assets on top of Rashad White and get Dalvin Cook, I'm not even a huge Dalvin Cook guy, but I feel like I'm trading a backup running back that happened to be thrusted into a good spot for an actual running back that, even though I might not love Dalvin Cook, every year is in the top 10 points per game. And I can do that for like what a second round pick? Fuck yeah. Yeah, no, I feel that. I'm the same way. Or like any of these decent young receivers. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting one. I put this one on here, so I'll I'll kick it off. Yeah, you can go. Paris Campbell. Um, the reason I put it on here, right? He has a good week last week. If you look at his past like four games with Matt Ryan starting, I'm pretty sure he's averaged like 10 targets and 70 yards. So Guy that formerly was a high pick, a lot of people, myself included, gave up on him. If you want to get back into Paris Campbell, it's not going to cost you much more than a third, if if at all. Could be the type of player that we see the Colts really revamped. They have that chip on their shoulder with Jeff Saturday, Matt Ryan back as the starter, that you can pick up as a, as a flex player for very cheap in a playoff run. Uh, maybe Bader Gray isn't the right topic to put him in but i'm throwing him in here i actually think that paris campbell is is one of the players that has changed my mind um for this now i'm i'm still gonna try and sell but i was just curious to see what you guys thought and if if you think there's any potential greatness in paris campbell 
So maybe he hasn't changed my mind. Now. I said he changed no. my mind. No, he hasn't. <laughs> no. Again, this team is in complete disarray. They need a new quarterback. The offensive line doesn't look like it used to. And Jonathan Taylor, I know he looked good this week, but this this rest of the season he hasn't. They hired Jeff Saturday as their head coach. Like, do I think that's a long term replacement? To be determined. I like what I saw this week, but still to be determined. So I, I just think I'm staying away from this Colts situation right now. Um, maybe I'd buy into Michael Pittman just because I liked him as a prospect and he's just underproducing with a not as good quarterback right now. But Paris Campbell, he's had his chance in the league and he's been all right. And I think he's proven he's an NFL caliber player, not so much of a fantasy player. Yeah, I don't know. Just wanted to bring him up. Like, as I was saying that, I was thinking, like, yeah, Paris Campbell is not the guy I want to spend a third-round pick on. Um, So I don't even want to say that he's bait, but, like, third-round pick bait? You know, don't don't <sighs> spend your third on him, I guess? I don't even, like, like you said, I don't even want to do that. Like, it's just, like, eh, it just doesn't feel great to spend a third on a guy that may not even be your flex like yeah i thought about it and then i thought about it more and i was like oh yeah uh give me the third but whatever all right cole Komet, uh bader great so guy that really struggled early in the season a guy that i liked a lot um early in the season and now has actually been producing he scored touchdowns like each of the past two or three games um in this, you know, new Justin Fields-led offense, it seems like. Um, he's been a, a main beneficiary of it. I'm going to start this one off. I'm going to say this is a massive bait. Um, I actually agree with you. I just... I think Colton, a, It's probably a second. Like, let's be real. No one's selling him for less I'm than not, a second getting, at this point. So, yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, this offense looks like it's going to be a ground heavy offense, which is fine, but like that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for Cole Komet. I, at the end of the day, I think he's a waste Lord tight end that is like going to be touchdown dependent, like the rest of all the other tight ends. Like he's fine. Um, you could start him in a pinch, but you don't love it. And I will say um, he, while he might kind of be somewhat productive these last couple weeks, I agree with these guys. It's going to be the perfect time to sell because you're going to have Mooney there, you're going to have Claypool there, and if you guys don't think Chicago's going to bring in another receiver for Justin Fields, uh, or even maybe like a tight end, whether, whatever it may be, they're going to get him another receiver uh, this offseason. Um, it only kind of hurts his targets even more. So I'm with you guys on selling. If you can get any second-round pick for any year, I'm for it. Yeah, I just I think that um... – from watching these Bears games, A, the touchdown he caught last week was just schemed up. He was wide open. Yeah. B, like, let's let's play the game. Who is he closer to? After watching the games this year, the Bears, is he closer to Dallas Goddard or is he closer to, to Hayden Hurst? He's closer to Hayden Hurst. He's closer Hayden to Hayden Hurst. Hurst. Hayden yeah. Hurst is a dude that for years now you pick up for a third as a waste lord tight end. I was going to say, I like Komet at a, like, if you get him for a third, I think that's fine. Um, am I giving up any second for him? No. See, my my opinion is, is that, and I did this in a league. I sold Komet in a third for a second. That's a good I would trade. do that. 
I would yeah. sell Komet, obviously, for a second straight up. Any second in the league, I would mass offer him for. It. Um, I, if, if I was really rebuilding, I might even sell him for a third right now because my opinion, two years later, when he's probably going to be more consistent, I could probably just buy him for a third back. So I can let someone else, I can sell off for now, let someone else deal with the bullshit and, and have a tight end on, oh, let me check the offense that passes the ball less than the Falcons and <laughs> like yeah. buy it back when they might pass more than the third, than the last team in the league. Um, yeah. yeah and just, as, as much as I, well, I was, we were talking about it earlier, as much as I like Justin Fields and I think, uh, I do believe in him, and I think he can be a franchise quarterback. He still only has one game this year above 200 yards passing. It's not an offense that's going to be able to support multiple guys. So, yeah, and, and you see, like, they, they have Mooney still. They bring in Claypool. Like, go in the Bears' offense with Justin Fields. Like <laughs> It's touchdown dependent. It's like all those waste lower tight ends. Just yeah, I, I just – like if you're talking, I think like, Komet is an easy sell right now. If it's like touchdown dependent, if Rodgers is staying in Green Bay, you can go and buy like Tunyon for a late third, and he's the same kind of touchdown dependent tight end. Um, so that's my stance. All right, Dan, this episode ran long. I didn't realize we were already an hour and forty in. Jeez. This was this was a good so though. I sold uh, fields for Bateman in one quarterback might one have been a mistake. Yeah, um, but probably when you did that, it wasn't crazy because that was. I'm assuming that was probably earlier this season. Um, Bateman's one QB's weird though. I don't know. Yeah, like, my my value gets fully thrown off. You should convince them to switch. To, actually, no, you shouldn't convince them to switch to Superflex because then it would be look even worse for you. Um, <laughs> I think it stinks just because of Justin Fields. Like, I mean, if he's able to keep doing this crazy rushing stuff, then yeah, that's gonna sting. But he's been a fantasy cheat code the past couple of weeks. Like, how much does Lamar go for on one QB? Is he he's worth the first still, right? Probably Lamar first, yeah. Only those like elite, like Lamar, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert. Man, I can tell you. Hold on. I think those are the only four for one QB that could be worth the first. Um, so if you t- if you take off Superflex on keep trade cut, that leaves Josh Allen. By the way, still the third overall player. Um. And Mahomes is at 13, so just outside the first round. Wait, what? <laughs> In one QB? Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts is QB3 at 20 overall. Lamar Jackson, QB4 at 22 overall. So he's set, like, right to start up. Wait, 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 does, does it mean or does that just not make any sense? What do you mean? One QB, one QB values are weird. I don't Why know. is Josh I... Allen a top three dynasty player and then Mahomes, Jalen, like all these other quarterbacks aren't even in the first round? That makes no sense to me. I don't understand that either. I, he, just... I don't know. He's been the QB one for two years in a row. He puts up the – he has the rushing floor that people look for. He has the weapons. He, he's on a good team. I don't know. I don't play one QB anymore, so I don't. I don't know. Yeah, no, and if that's the value, give me give me Lamar at the one round later versus yeah. Josh Allen any yeah. other week. Um, See, I think the thing with one QB that you can get away with is that you can 
you can make more of an excuse for just giving up assets for a quarterback whose future is uncertain because, okay, if that guy shits out, it's like, okay, well, I don't need to get another one. One guy, right? Like, you know, you, I can easily give up my early second for whoever the current Stafford is or the Dak Prescott Mm -hmm. and get low level quarterback one production. Um, like, I think that's the thing that's super flex. It's like, the thing with Superflex is that it makes having that really stable, good quarterback super important because it's like there's not a ton of them. They score the most points of anyone in the league, and now you just have stability to build your team around the guys who score the most and last the For longest. like the next decade also. So like if you, if you have a Mahomes or if you have like a Herbert or Lamar or Burrow, you, you just plug them in. You're set for the next 10-plus years. Metcalf for Lamar happened in my league because 10 point advantage at position over average quarterback. Yeah. But the thing is, is that how much more points is Lamar or Josh Allen scoring compared to like QB eight? Yeah. Because QB eight now is a below average quarterback and one QB. Yeah. One QB is weird. I, I I can't I wouldn't be able to give you the best advice for so like QB. yeah Kyler Murray's like an under average quarterback right now yeah um, and one QB like yeah so I mean value wise it might be unfortunate but it's not like it's gonna kill you no one QB it won't um, but yeah I can't I can't give the absolute bet my my whole evaluations and everything with Dynasty has been with Superflex and mine is kind of uh, I'm not as familiar with the one QB for Dynasty. But all right, that's going to do it from us here. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. We really appreciate it. Hit that like and subscribe button. It really helps us out. Um, we'll be back tomorrow for the Dynasty Stock Market at 7.30. Yes. Um, so tune in for that if you're interested in some more Dynasty content. Um, but if not, we'll catch you next Tuesday. Peace out. Have a good one. See you guys. Thank you.